from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina. This is Teeing It Up Presents, the Sunday Sprint on a Saturday for NFL Divisional Weekend. How are you, my friend? I am doing well. Looking forward to some more uh, more football games. I, I like on paper all the matchups this weekend. There's some great quarterbacks left. Looking forward to it. Uh, what game are you calling at 1 p.m. Eastern time? Well, the Citadel will be hosting Western Carolina University uh, in a big uh, Southern Conference matchup with the Citadel trying to snap a four-game losing streak. And uh, Western Carolina, they're off to a one-and-four start in the conference. So a uh, big game for each of them. Who is your pregame show sponsor? Uh, don't have one, actually. Uh, who's your halftime show sponsor? Yeah, don't have one of those either. Who's your post-game show sponsor? Uh, that's missing too. Okay. Um, so I'll just make it up then. The Meineke Car Care. I don't even know if Meineke still exists as Meineke Car Care. Key to the game is? Oh, good question. I guess for the Citadel, shoot better. They're one of those teams that they're a run-and-gun team. They shoot a lot of threes, get up and down the floor. And uh, they shot 25% from the floor in their last Thursday night. During this losing streak, that's probably been the biggest issue. Some of their better players have just been in slumps. So, uh, we'll go an easy, obvious answer. Shoot better, and they can win today against Western Carolina. Okay. Uh, speaking of, of players playing better, um, that's what Kansas City's offense is going to have to do today against the Colts. So many people in America like the Colts. The over-under on this game is 56.5. They think this will be a shootout. It is two high-scoring teams. We always talk about this every year, Luke. How will teams who are on a bye respond? Very interesting matchup here. Colts have just come on a run. They're America's darling, and they're going up against a Chiefs team that has so much firepower, but you wonder how good their defense is, and you wonder how sharp they are off a bye. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the bye, and I'm not sure which narrative to put more stock into when it comes to Andy Reid and the Chiefs, whether it's the fact that he's one of the best coaches in the league when coming off a bye, or the fact that while he's fourth amongst coaches in winning percentage, Currently in the regular season, he's 11 and 13 in the playoffs. Uh, and the Chiefs, the last three years, they averaged seven fewer points scored in the playoffs than they do the regular season. So I don't know. Now, obviously, that was with Alex Smith. We have Pat Mahomes today. But uh, first time starters in the playoffs are something like 3 and 13 in their last 16 games. So, um, you know, I'll be curious to see if Mahomes is the one who's able to make the difference. He's obviously better than Alex Smith. But when it comes down to the playoffs, we see this all the time with Andy Reid. Uh, so will Mahomes be the difference maker? Also, though, Andy Reid is now coming off a bye where he wasn't in the past. Will that be the difference maker? I'm not sure. But you know how much I love the Colts. They're the number one defense since week seven. So I think they can slow down the, the Chiefs offense just slightly, just a little bit, and allow Andrew Luck to pick apart uh, maybe the worst pass defense in the league. So I think it will be a shootout. I think uh, the Colts will pull off the upset. Is this a 34-31 type game? I could see it going that way. I mean, the Chiefs can't stop a nosebleed, and uh, their offense is one of the best in the league. So on paper, it should be that way. I know it's like an ice bowl. They have some ice issues right now at the stadium. Maybe that will affect things. Yes, it snowed, uh, and they've been trying to clear it since 7 a.m. this morning. Yes, so that may slow them down. Um, Snow showers during the game, but not a snowstorm. It's more um, what condition the field will be in after this uh, storm has moved through. It's interesting with, with Andrew Luck. We didn't know what his future was, and lo and behold, Luke, um, he has 
played fantastically this season. The offensive line has protected him. T.Y. Hilton and company, the, 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 the running game, they've had it in all three facets of the game, but they've had it offensively in both dimensions of the game. This is Andrew Luck's first time on a playoff stage, sorry, second time on a playoff stage, but first time on this on this elevated stage and seemingly forever. It's going to be really interesting to see how he plays in this spot. Yeah, absolutely, because even, you know, even in the past, as good of a quarterback as he's been, he's kind of struggled a bit in the playoffs. The playoff numbers for him aren't all that pretty, and now you go to somewhere like Kansas City uh, against a team like that in these conditions. I'm curious to see. But like I said last week, I mean, the reason why I like the Colts so much is because I, I do think they're well-rounded and a pretty complete roster. 11-2 uh, and two when Marlon Mack starts at running back. He's given them the running game. The offensive line was uh, allowed the fewest pressures in the league this year. Andrew Luck had a top-five season. And the defense, as I mentioned, number one the last 10 weeks of the regular season. So this is a really good Colts team. Uh, but, yeah, very curious to see how Luck plays because, obviously, he's going to have to play well to out-duel Pat Mahomes. Kansas City <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I say Kansas City wins this game. You? Uh, I'm going to go Colts. I may be um, – you know, buying into the narrative and jumping on the Colts bandwagon too much. But I think the Colts could be upset. All right. We move on to the nightcap. <clears throat> Excuse me. We move on to the nightcap, uh, which is Dallas-Los Angeles, a matchup of stars. And you cannot overstate the importance of the crowd in this game. It is just miles from where the Cowboys have trained for years during training camp. There's a huge Cowboys contingent in this area of California. This is going to be a heavy Dallas crowd. They travel well as is. This is going to be a really heavy Dallas crowd. I think the Rams have to get off to a good start. Very similar to what Philly has to do against New Orleans tomorrow and to take that crowd out of it. I think that's what Dallas has, has to do, excuse me, has to do tonight. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's probably going to be like 70% Cowboys fans. It's going to be ridiculous. Um, so, real unfortunate for the Rams for that situation. But, uh, you know, these are two teams that still, despite Sean McVay, Jared Goff, that offense, it's still an offense that kind of built around the run game. They're at their best when they get the run game going with Todd Gurley. Uh, I'm still unsure of Gurley's health. If he truly is 100%, we'll find out. But the Cowboys are a team that can run it better. Uh, they have a better defense. They have a better run defense. And so I think the Cowboys can keep it close. To me, when I look at this game, though, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of pressure on somebody like Sean McVay and even Jared Goff. Goff had a terrible December. He was lousy in the playoffs last year. Uh, how's he going to play in a second opportunity tonight? And for Sean McVay, similarly, right, you can find a good um, offensive mind as an offensive coordinator. At a certain point, though, you need a head coach that can win in the playoffs. So they had the good year last year, played terrible in the playoffs. Had the good year this year. If they get bounced again tonight by the Cowboys, I wonder if this, this bubble is going to start to burst on this whole McVay trend with all these new head coaches. But Cowboys are playing with house money. The Rams have all the pressure on them. Um, so I think uh, the Cowboys, with their run game and their defense, they can at least keep it close on the road with that, with, with uh, what essentially will feel like a home field advantage. I, I think the Rams win the game because they're the, they're, they're the better team and the more talented team. The problem is right now Dallas is the hotter team. And it's the fresher team, and it has more momentum. This line is seven for the Rams. That's a big line. Um, I don't know what they're looking at that line for. I would put that line more at four or five. Not that I'm a better betting expert or a line setter. But I'm really curious to see how Dallas comes out and plays. Because they are the fresher team. They have momentum. They have rhythm. Teams off bias can take a while offensively 
to get going. And this is a game that even though the Rams have a vaunted defense with Aaron Donald, I think they're going to have to win this game with their offense, not in some 17-10 defensive matchup. Yeah, no, and I, and I agree. And at a certain point, Dak Prescott may have to make a play or two. He had a nice run down at the goal line last week that really proved to be the, the difference. But, you know, I don't know if he can do enough. He's a quarterback that still relies on so many other factors to, to help him win games. Uh, we'll find out. But uh, I do agree about the line. I like the Cowboys to keep it under a touchdown. I think the Rams win. But when I talked to somebody about it yesterday, they said, you know, the Cowboys, they were 3-5. and five. We were talking about firing the head coach, uh, how, how bad of a team it was. Then they get Amari Cooper, and Dak Prescott's numbers have gone up. But overall, for the team statistically, not a whole lot has changed. And so, um, you know, feeling that a lot of people are kind of being prisoners of the moment with the Cowboys. But they're playing really well right now, calling themselves the hot boys. Uh, I think they'll keep it close, but I think the Rams win. More importantly, Zeke's numbers improved once they got Amari Cooper. They became multidimensional. And that's the Yeah, that's the most important part of that trade. It had nothing to do with Amari Cooper. It had everything to do with... Um, Ezekiel Elliott. The Chargers go into New England. This is a bad Patriot team. I mean, not that any Patriot team is bad, but this is just not one of the better teams in this run. Um, the the Chargers eked out a victory in Baltimore last week. We're not clearly, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. You're, you're like the second person I've talked to today, Luke. Sorry. Trying to be fresher oh for you. I, I know. The, the voice was just not ready for prime time. Um, <laughs> clearly. Um, look, this is a Charger team that, that's coming off a good win um, against Baltimore. They survived the run from Lamar Jackson at the end when they went too conservative. Um, they're, but they're facing a Patriot team that's off a bye. It's apparently healthy. Apparently, according to Mike Francesa's sources, which you always wonder who those sources are, had a great week of practice. But I just don't know if the Patriots can sustain this over four quarters and 60 minutes. Um, That's the problem. Do they have a bad stretch of five, six minutes where the Chargers get a turnover or can score seven or ten points in a heartbeat and suddenly things change? I don't know if things change. Um... I, you know, I've seen this script too many times when the Patriots win it, but if there is an upset in this in this playoffs, I think it's going to be this game. Yeah, I would agree in terms of the upset, but oh, I guess I took the Colts, so I put it up there with the Colts. But, um, you know, I, I like the Chargers and the Colts a lot. They're two of my favorite teams in the league, uh, and I jumped on the Chargers bandwagon. I think they have the, the best roster in the league, but what's interesting to me about this game is when you stack up the rosters, not only is the Chargers roster so much better than New England, and if you pick the top ten players playing in this game, I think probably eight of them would come from the Chargers, and at the end of the day, Patriots are probably still going to win, because that's just what they do, and we've seen this script before. Uh, Bye week, home game in the playoffs, this is a recipe that they've used to make it to each of their their eight Super Bowls, coming off a bye with home field advantage, and when I look at the Chargers, they played in Baltimore last week, of course, so you have, I think it's like a five-and-a-half-hour flight there back and forth, and then they went back home after the game. Now they have to fly back out to, to Boston, which is like a six-hour flight for them for this game. And Tom Brady in the playoffs is 13-2 and two when he scores first at home, and in his career he's won 92% of his games when he scores first at home. He makes it very easy for the Patriots to win games like this at home. Chargers. With these flights this past week, if they get off to a slow start, that may be all Brady needs. So I think the Chargers are a much better team. 
but it's still the Patriots, and that's what I hate most about the Patriots. They'll still find a way to win this game at home. <laughs> Did I hear the word hate come out of your mouth? Ah, uh, they're just so annoying. I hate it. I can't stand it. Who do you hate most, the Patriots or some NFC North opponent? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I hate the Packers. Uh, the Lions, uh, I guess, over the last couple of years. The, the Patriots are right up there. The Packers are my least favorite team. They're probably the Bears, but the Patriots are like a... Almost probably tied with the Bears for second. Um, I was I was going to do this at the end of the show, but we'll do it now. Have the Vikings hired a new offensive coordinator yet? Yeah, uh, Kevin Stefanski, who finished out the year once the uh, he didn't get the Browns head coaching job, he uh, came back as the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. Are you happy with this decision? Yes, happy enough. You know, I don't know if there's a better option out in the open market, maybe like a Daryl Bevel, but he's been in Minnesota before and it didn't go all that great. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, Stefanski uh, probably was the best option, and he's been there before, and I'm all for um, consistency as opposed to having the third different, actually that'd be the fourth different offensive coordinator in two-plus years. So, um, I'll get, you know, give him a chance. We'll see how he does with a full offseason to prepare. I wasn't a big fan of, of Adam Gay's hire for the Jets, but... Who, who really was out there? I, I have friends who are Packer fans who basically said, you want no part of Mike McCarthy. That's who I would have wanted. I didn't get that. Um, and then I wasn't getting that vibe from my friends. And all right, Adam Gase, whatever. It's all about having the right people um, surrounding Sam Darnold. And if he can develop him into a good quarterback, that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's believed to be the guy who can do it. Uh, I mean, he couldn't do it with Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler 2.0, but, you know, he was coming out of retirement. Tannehill didn't exceed 300 passing yards in the last 21 games, but we'll see. Gates worked with Peyton Manning, and Tony Romo compared Sam Darnold to Peyton Manning, so maybe that's that's all you know or all you need. But, uh, but yeah, as a Vikings fan, you know, we were disappointed when McCarthy was fired. Uh, we wanted him to stick around in Green Bay because they always underachieve. Uh, he's not a very good head coach. We'll find out if Gates is better in his second opportunity. Um, and uh, uh, do you fear the Matt LaFour hire in Green Bay? No, not at all. I mean, it may work out. He may become the next Bill Belichick, but that was another hire that my brothers and I, you know, we were celebrating. Uh, on paper, it just doesn't look all that great to me. Um, we'll see. I mean, the Titans offense took a step back in his first year. It was his first year of play calling. He's, what, 39 years old. Never been a head coach, obviously. Aaron Rodgers had a problem with Mike McCarthy, who he won a Super Bowl with. What happens when a 39-year-old who's a couple years older than Aaron Rodgers comes in and those two start butting heads? Then what is Rodgers' reaction going to be like when you have a guy who's never been a head coach before and one bad year as an offensive coordinator and is just friends with Sean McVay? Um, so you're, you're totally on the bandwagon that Aaron Rodgers drives the train and when he gets off track, the whole team gets off track. Oh, 100%. Okay. We now know where Luke Morrow lies, folks. Uh, who wins Chargers' Pats? I got to say the Patriots, unfortunately. The Chargers are a much better team, but Phillip Rivers owns seven against Brady in his career. 16 straight winnings. Uh, the Pats have won 16 straight games. There's the right way to uh, word that sentence. At, uh, at, at uh, Gillette, I don't see that changing. I think this is the one game you could see an upset this weekend, but I don't think... It happens. I've seen this script too many times. And on the other end of the spectrum, I see an absolute route in tomorrow's 4.40 p.m. game between Philly and New Orleans. I just don't see how the Eagles keep this close unless 
the Saints are just way off after a bye, and the Eagles go off to an insane start. I think this is one of those games where if the Eagles win the coin toss, they have to receive and try to put points on the board. You can't defer. Um, other than that, I don't see how this how the Eagles win this game. I think the Saints win it comfortably, and this could be a 41-10-like route. I have no. I still don't know how to judge the, the Eagles because, you know, I still think Nick Foles is kind of flukish. Um, I know he won the Super Bowl last year and everything he's done this year. <laughs> but, you know, they just keep surprising me each and every week. I still don't think that they're, they're that great of a team right now. But, uh, you know, since they got blown out against the Saints in, I think, November, their defense is allowing 19 points per game. So they've been playing much better. Obviously, Foles has been a quarterback, and uh, he, they've been better with him at quarterback. And the Saints' pass defense is pretty lousy, where I guess Foles can have another good game and try to keep it close. But um, to me, yeah, the Saints should win. They're at home. They're the better team. Uh, that place is, is crazy tough to go into, especially this time of year as a road team, of course. But I don't know. I, I guess I just can't keep doubting the Eagles. I think they at least keep it close. We shall see. Um, I, I don't think this will be close. I think the Saints win this football game. So you've got Indy, Los Angeles, New England, and New Orleans. Yeah, I'll go to New Orleans. I think uh, it will be less than the eight-point spread, but I'll take the Saints, so I'm going almost pretty much all favorites except the Colts. And I've got all favorites, Kansas City, Los Angeles, New England, and New Orleans. What do you think the NFL wants most in a Super Bowl matchup? I mean, I would think the ideal matchup is Pats-Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. That probably is. Um, and then Pat Saints. I would assume those are the two options they would prefer. I'm thinking they would detest most a Colts-Eagles matchup. Um, probably. I mean, I think the two, if the two uh, L.A. teams were to match up, I think that, I mean, it sounds like a cool idea, but I think that would almost be a nightmare. They don't really have the great fan bases right now. Uh, they wouldn't even have a place to have a parade. Did you see the um, the Jason Lock and Fora article from yesterday that they're trying to potentially move the AFC Championship game if the Chargers win this game and the Colts win, unless the Chargers would host? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. It's what, like a 25,000 people stadium? Yeah, so they floated a whole bunch of options, including playing that game in the Coliseum. In which, if the Saints get upset, this could be a Sunday-Monday deal where both are in the same building and they move the one championship game to Monday. Well, that would be odd. Yeah, there's multiple options being floated, but they just do not want to host a championship game in in a 30,000-seat soccer stadium. Yeah, well, I should have probably thought about that in the first place. Well, they had no options. The the whole Chargers to Los Angeles and then, you know, and the new stadium thing just did not work out as others intended. No. No, not at all. Did not work out. Um, how is the Morrow Morning Show going? It's been going well. Uh, you know, obviously with Clemson winning the national championship, that provides plenty of uh, material and talking points, so we spent a lot of time on that. Uh, this week, and even we'll continue to do so moving forward, and then obviously the NFL playoffs. Uh, football season, you know, it's, 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 I don't want to say easy, I guess, but certainly the most enjoyable. There's so much to talk about when football's going on. Are, 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 are you going to get Dabo Sweeney in studio for an hour? Yeah, right. I don't think that's going to happen. 
Have you put out the request to uh, Clemson Sports Information? No, we have not. You should try to get at least some Clemson player on. Uh, yeah, yeah maybe. You know, I know, I know Dabo in particular, from what I've heard, he's uh, hard to get a hold of for, um, for radio stations, or radio stations, uh, Gamecocks, I guess, from what I've been told. They're uh, more, more generous with radio stations for interviews, but uh, Dabo, I guess, doesn't do very much of that. That's your quest for 2019. Get Dabo Sweeney on your radio show. Perfect. All right. I was just, uh, uh, I, I made a comment, just a passing comment, that I thought some of the things he does kind of come off as being phony, and that really blew up. So maybe I'll just <laughs> do something like that. I'll call him out and then force him to come on the show to, like, defend himself. So, so you're saying that your phone lines lit up after you said that? Yeah, everything. Uh, social media, all that sort of stuff. The Clemson fans did not take too kindly to that. And uh, it was just a comment in passing. It wasn't like I was doing, no, that wasn't a take of mine. I just mentioned it in conversation that some of the things he does, I didn't call him a phony. Some of the things he does just come off as, as being phony because, you know, he's like too good. And, uh, and yeah, that did not go over well. So Luke Morrow was in a Twitter beef. No, I mean, I didn't participate, but people were upset. It's good to know that you have listeners out there. That's right. That's right. Just say something stupid once in a while to make sure that people are still paying attention. I have gotten some of my most uh, retweeted comments by uh, tweeting out other people's stuff and or just ending up in conversations with someone halfway famous. There you go. It's just cool weird. To do it. It's just totally weird. Uh, he is Luke. Uh, enjoy your football weekend. Hello. Oh, was that to me? Yes, I said, all right, Luke, enjoy your football weekend. Oh, whoops. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. I will try. <laughs> that was a wonderful end of the show. <laughs> oh, Luke, Luke, folks, has succeeded in a wonderfully scripted end to our radio program. Um, okay, so um, I'm not going to say goodbye to Luke this time on take two. I'm just going to say goodbye to our listeners and have a great football weekend, everybody.